Rob. This box isn't just a London op, you know, it goes anywhere in the universe. Is it always this danger? I am a soldier! I am my money. Yeah, you've seen how dangerous it is. You wanna go home? A great big museum. An alien museum. What's the nearest town? Salt Lake City. Population. One million. All dead. And the doctor. Impossible. Hello, Alon Z, and welcome to the podcast that's bigger on the outside than it. No, it's not. <laughs> we made it to episode two before I screwed up the call line. Oh, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's if only there was a method by which we could go back in time and try that again. Oh, yeah. Hello, Alon Z, and welcome to the podcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's Who Do You Think Who Are, our Doctor Who retrospective on Best Film Ever. I'm Ethan. My name's Ian, and Fezzes are cool. Oh, they sure are. And I'm really excited to do this again, because this is an episode that I think we'll talk positively about compared (laughs) to uh, our Uh, last one. Yeah, I think the positivity last episode was positivity about the Doctor Who franchise. Oh, that's funny. We didn't really talk about, because it kind of is a franchise, isn't it? On our most recent mailbag, Doctor Who kind of escaped our our viewpoint i think but but by the notion of different uh different showrunners and different different character or different actors in the, in the lead role i think by definition it kind of has to be a franchise plus but, you have stuff like torchwood in the sarah jane adventures and yeah class, that's, a, that's an excellent point yeah, so the uh, escape room they've got now <laughs> yes so so as a result yeah i guess it is a franchise uh so i think the positivity was based on our feelings towards doctor who specifically and then certain key moments of doctor who iconography which showed up in the drip feeding in episode one i think in yeah. this episode i'll probably have more to say positive about the actual narrative and episode itself he said he said yeah yeah uh this episode being episode six of series one dalek written by uh, robert shearman who has actually uh had a history with doctor who before he did this uh he did a uh, a load of sort of uh made for audio plays with the daleks uh, for a thing called big finish which is how a lot of older doctors are able to sort of uh, continue getting their pay by playing the same uh, the same role again. I love it because it, yeah. I, I really haven't done a whole lot with the audio, although I know people who really are ravenous about it. I have friends who are really into it, um, but I think it's a great idea, the idea being that, you know, these doctors would be living throughout, have many, many adventures that would all start to overlap and interconnect, and the idea that we can sort of... In- rather than us experience them in a linear sort of time frame we can sort of get pockets of different doctors at different times i think it's great yeah. I think it's absolutely it's, fantastic it's, it's really cool especially for people like uh paul mcgann or to an extent uh, colin baker or sebastian mccoy who got really really poorly done by the bbc especially colin baker and he's actually had probably the best run of doctor who audio dramas and Paul McGann actually gets a shot. At I was going to say, I think, I think you mentioned Paul McGann, yeah, because yeah. I hear I hear good things about his stuff, and I guess yeah. we can sort of see its fingerprints in a sense in this in on Disney Plus as they're starting to do some animated stuff. This yeah, will allow yeah. this sort of opportunity to exist as well because we know we're getting Cap back in animated form. Yeah. So he can still do Chris Evans's cap, of course. Um, yeah. we, we can sort of get that through that sort of style. So it's the same sort of concept where you don't have to see your actual physical face. So you can get as old as you need to. We can use audio or visuals that are alternative depictions to keep you that age forever. I think it's great. 
Mm, especially people like John Hurt, who actually he had, he's had an amazing run before has he, he passed away. Yeah, he oh, had. Cool. He's, he has a whole series of the War Doctor, oh, same excellent. with um, J, uh, Derek Jacobi's uh, Master before uh, he appears in series three of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, I, I recommend them. Some of them are free on Spotify, so I, I they're definitely worth a, a shot. But uh, this one by by Sherman uh, was a script that took uh, about fourteen different revisions. Originally called uh, the Creature of Lies. With um, uh, Van Staten being a very different uh, character called Hiram. If I may, and, yeah. the title is my biggest issue with this episode. Yeah, yeah. Because it gives it away. <laughs> it gives away what should be a big moment. And it's kind of anticlimactic because I'm like, you called it Dalek. <laughs> <laughs> and I it's not like Doctor. It's not like Doctor Who's one of these like uh, franchises where or or TV shows where you don't put the title up. Like it's right there on the title oh, yeah. on the screen. Title of the episode and who it was written by. Oh, what a mistake this was. Yeah. Um. So for a little bit of period of time, Adam would be the villain's son, and they decided not to do it. Uh. The most uh big the biggest change for this uh, episode though was. Uh, the nation estate, who were the uh, right holders for the Daleks, yes, I heard about this. Used the Daleks being used because uh, because the BBC licensed them out too much, so they changed the main story uh, to have aliens that were similar to the Toclophane from uh, the Master Three Parter in Series Three, and they would just be uh, sort of aliens like children who would just kill for pleasure. So help me out, yeah. Was it established before this point that the Daleks and the Time Lords are what were in the Time War? Could you have pivoted here? Or or was that already in stone? Uh, as far as I'm aware, that wasn't in stone just yet because it sort of hinted at with, with this from what I remember. So, so we could have said, what was the name of this other group? Uh, the uh, Toclophane. The Toclophane? Yeah, the, the, sure. uh, the, so, the so, series so, three bad guys. So we could have said the Toclophane were the other half of the Time War that caused, and you had the same storyline throughout. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 different if it's not the Daleks, though. Isn't oh, it? yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things, and eventually, like they get it back, they're able to change the name to have it be Dalek again, and uh, that's where our episode begins with their TARDIS appearing uh, in a in a massive warehouse. The Doctor and Rose, still uh, number nine, uh, step out the box because it turns out they were signaled to come here from some uh, mysterious uh, thing calling for help. And yeah, distress call. Out, yeah, yeah, distress call. And uh, they're on Earth in Utah in 2012. <laughs> what would have been the future at that point? Because this airs yeah. April 30th, 2005. She'll be 26, she says. I was older than that. I was... <laughs> I was 33, depending on I'd, when it was in 2012. I was 32 yeah. or 33. I'd have been 12. Well, uh, and, yeah, the doctor turns the light on, and it's uh, it's a massive alien museum with uh, some callbacks to what already happened in the season. Uh, you have the Slovene, uh, an arm of them, because they've been about two or three episodes uh, prior, and then you get uh, a nice tease for the uh, for the classic fans with a classic era Cyberman head. That, I did that like that. To, yeah. yeah, an old friend, well, more of an enemy. And as he touches it, uh, the glass, an alarm rings out, and they're surrounded by army. And we get our intro, and we cut from that to a helicopter landing called Bad Wolf One. I think I didn't be, see that. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is, I believe, our third uh, reference to Bad Wolf at this point in the series. Okay. Like the first one being in the uh, the Slitherbean episode that we we didn't. Let cover. me ask you a question because I mean, you were yeah. young. You were young. Yeah. Had you picked 
up on, uh, I'm trying to figure how young you are at this point. I'm about four, I think. Oh, there's no way. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was going to ask, no, so, I, you I picked up no the bad idea. wolf thing? No, there's no way. No, I was like, oh, well, there's that thing that they're graffitiing, but that was about, I never like thought for a second that they were, they were interlinked at yeah. all. And, uh, and a man steps out of this helicopter and he's, uh, he's a man we call, uh, Henry Van Snatten. And you can tell he's powerful because he says, uh, he doesn't like the president. So he wants, cause he's down 10 points. So he wants him replaced. And that's sort of his power. Uh, there's an English kid who appears and just addresses him. And he's like, oh, well, uh, we've got all these cool things uh, that I can show you from from our tech that we found. And uh, this character of Henry Van Staten, the megalomaniac billionaire who loves power, uh, was based on a famous billionaire at the time, Bill Gates. Really? Bill Gates is yeah. not swagger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I was like, oh, that. this might be like a, a Donald Trump. The thing, secret one world else. government thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say this. Um, whoever the actor is who plays Henry Van Staten did not care for him. Did not no, care I, for him. He was I, like a pantomime villain. I'm the most um, evil. What's your name? Yeah. What's that? Thing? What do you mean? I can't do it. You're replaced. Give me someone else. And yet he knows I, everybody's name. I'm like, what is going like? He's like the best boss ever in that regard. I don't know if you've seen the Jodie Whittaker series no, at all. I haven't seen a single okay. Jodie Whittaker episode yet. There I'm, is an I'm, episode, I'm racing to catch up. Yeah. There's an episode that we're not covering called Arachnids in the UK, and the character of Henry Van Staten is very similar to the antagonist in that episode, and that's not in a good way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he goes on and he tells a joke uh, because, you know, uh, he wants. he's like, oh, should it be a, uh, a Democrat or a Republican? Uh, it'll be a Democrat because they're, uh, they're funny, I think. And yeah. he tells a joke about that, and he forces everyone to laugh. And so much has happened in that 10 seconds. I didn't write it all down, but that's the gist. Uh, and then he refers to uh, something as his little pet that's screaming. And uh, at this point, he's still called English, uh, shows uh, his new toy, which is worth $800,000. But they don't know what to do with it. And it's sort of like this this very flat instrument, very similar to what I'd say, like a, a flattened ocarina. And the Doctor and Rose are brought into the to the room, and the Doctor's like, oh, no, 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 this is an alien instrument, and plays it, showing uh, delicate precision and care. And Van Staten tries it, can't do it at first because he's very heavy-handed, <laughs> and eventually gets the hand Out. of Yeah, gets the hand of it, and he's like, oh, that's cool, throws it aside. Literally throws it aside. Yeah. And he wants to know how the Doctor just appeared in his, uh, his compound 53 floors down. And this is where we learn uh, who Henry Van Staten is, because he he's someone that everyone should know about, but the Doctor and Rhodes don't. And he's like, oh, I'm Henry Van Staten, the man who owns the internet. No one owns uh, the internet, yeah. and have you keep thinking that. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. I guess the idea that this guy exists, I'm okay with that. Just his performance was just... Oh, the guy's chewing all the scenery and not in a good way. I feel he's um he's like if he was now he'd be a caricature of like Jeff Bezos or someone. Yeah, something like that. Sort of in that line of like a very megalomaniac owner of everything. It's like they went kind of cuz you got two things here. You've got I wonder about the direction and uh I don't know who directed the episode. I know Robert Sherman wrote it. Um cuz you have this cuz this itself is both the business caricature 
meeting the American caricature combined. Yeah. So this e- this this ego driven wealth and stuff and materialism and power and status symbol, it just kind of goes. You're asking this guy to do too much. And as a result, you get the, what well, I said, like, like, like a, a pantomime. Like, he was just one step away from twisting his mustache. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 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 I know all the aliens. Yes. Uh, and then from here, he's sort of like do it, doing that. He's like, oh, let me tell you. I captured you right next to my cage. Do you want to know what's in the cage? The doctor's like, yeah, show me the cage. And Rose goes off with the English kid who we learn at this point is called Adam. Yep. And um, Who they- I totally forgotten about Adam. Yeah. I forgot Adam was a thing at all. You know the worst part? He said, my name's Adam. And it went until the end of the episode where they said his name again. They went, oh, I've got to change my notes. I've been referring to him as English kid. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just forget. Forgot um, all about, I forgot he had a run. I forgot all that stuff. I do have to mention this right before we get the uh, credit music. You want to get to the credit music because unlike the last episode, this one has what we call a cold open. It has the yeah. bit where you are um, sort of, you know, begin the episode with a little bit of narrative before this, the uh, title sequence. And she goes, someone's collecting aliens. I guess that makes you exhibit A. And I'm like, catchy, but maybe you don't say that in front of the private military. <laughs> maybe you don't out Doctor Who is an alien. Like, you could you didn't have to do that. So, yeah, no, uh, not yet. Just saying. Um, so, yeah, then uh, the Doctor goes off to see what's sort of in the cage, and we learn that they've tried everything, but the, the creature itself has, has shielded itself away from everything. And this they refer the, to uh, it as a, a metal tron. A metal tron, which sounds like it's kind of like Transformers adjacent. And I didn't mind that. Yeah. I was okay with that. Like the whole Megatron thing. Uh, but Van Stein wants to know the, the real name. Oh, we did get a point of view shot from the metal tron, shall I say? Oh, for now, yeah. From its perspective. And I was like, if you are a classic viewer, this must. See, how cool would this have been if you didn't know the episode was called Dalek? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that you would have absolutely just gone, like, yes. It would have been less like, you know, both, like, oh my God, no, because it's it's a Dalek. But also, the, the yes, the Daleks have returned. Now now it's Doctor Who. You know what I mean? And yeah. Instead, you, you kind of took that away. And I'm like, you're, you're trying to act like I should be surprised? Because I imagine what happens is the marketing team isn't lined up with the people who are making the, making the, uh, the actual program who aren't editing and putting it together. And so the problem then becomes they've created this, this, because this, this feels like it was meant to drip feed you the information because the reveal is a big reveal. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense because you've called it Dalek. So I've known already what this is. The whole, I'm just waiting to see it. That's all I'm doing. And also you always get like the next times for each episode, which, um, they did change because when they did the two part with this Levine, uh, before they did the credits, they showed the next time. So everyone was like, oh, so they do survive. I'm not really worried now. So they do it at the end of the credits. So some people will skip it, but still. Yeah, you show I always I time. always try to skip it, but still, yeah. like, that was back then. Now you'd be, it would be, it would be you could not have. If this happened now, you could not avoid this because like, it was hard enough to do Loki and WandaVision and stuff like that. And even Twitter had to learn how to sort of police itself with, with the trending topics. It used to be yeah. like key phrases. Now it's just Loki would be the thing trending. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good about that. But like yeah. you would get it ruined like a thousand ways over today. But back then you still had the chance to kind of, if you could, I guess, keep yourself away. As long as you don't call the bloody episode Dalek on the title screen. <laughs> it's like if you called the final episode of that series, the doctor dies. And then you're mm-hmm. like, it's it's David Tennant. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they call well, no, it. Oh, what was the old one? Wilf Knox. <laughs> 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 
It's not the master, it's wealth. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. So we go from there, and we're also told that the last person who touched the Metal Tron burst into flames. And the Doctor goes into the cage alone, and he's like, I'm here to help. I'm called the Doctor. And then we get this sinister Doctor. And then we get the reveal as the lights turn on. It's the Dalek. It starts screaming exterminate, saying it's an enemy of the Daleks must be destroyed. The Doctor's begging to get out, slamming on the door, and the gun isn't working. And the doctor just laughs. And like the the tables turn immediately. He has all the power in the room from that point on. And he's like insulting it, calling it a space dustbin. And he just has rage and hate. And he's saying that there's nothing that it's good for if it can't kill. It's nothing. And I really rated this. I've got my notes. This is good from Eccleston. And they waited a while to give this to the audience. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with holding Dalek until episode six. I'm also okay that it wasn't your big storyline of the year. I like that as well. But just get us up to speed and let us see him. It's, It's like Star Trek The Next Generation and the Borg. Yeah. You know what I mean? Show it. Show us their power and then get away from them so we can, because what's the thing? We're afraid of them coming back. Now that we know what they are, let's get away from them and see what they're like when they come back. And it builds fear. Um, So, yeah, but Eccleston, I thought he had one of his media speeches as the doctor here. And, you know, he gets a chance to tap into that rage and we get to see, you know, the after effects. He is the man fresh off the memories of pushing the button, fresh off the memory of 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 ending the time war by killing everybody and being alone and having all that guilt on his conscience. This was a good touch. And then to see one of the things that you thought you had eliminated um, still there. So all that guilt guilt all that pain is for nothing because it still survives fantastic it's great yeah and he's he starts screaming because the dalek's like demanding orders because he needs the dalek needs orders to kill it's all it's a soldier and uh the doctor's just saying your race is dead it was wiped out in seconds by me like the doctor killed everything he had no choice and it gets real quiet and the dalek just asks about what happened to the time lords and we just find out they're dead they burnt with the daleks and no one won, everyone lost, but the cowards survived, and there's no one else left. And they're alone, together, and he just says that they're the same, and this sets the Doctor off. The one person, the one creature that destroyed, that caused the destruction of everything in the Time War is the same as the Doctor, and he just loses it. And he's like, well, you know what? What could make us the same? It was to go exterminate, and just starts to electrocute it, screaming, begging for help. And uh, that's when Van Staden comes in saying, oh, can't kill it because it's the only one left. And I wanted it if it's the only one left. Yeah. Um, they are. This is the thing, because you can see they are the same. This is the last of their kinds. They are the same in that they are absolutely beholden to their ideologies. Just those ideologies are completely under the spectrum. But just like Batman is married to, to, to the, the Joker in many ways, the Dalek needs Doctor Who and the Doctor needs needs a Dalek in a sense to help Mm. define who they are. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's that great irony that you kind of, they're probably the most alike creatures in the universe because they've got these, these, these beliefs they will not compromise on. And we see both of them sort of exhibit that in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go from there to, uh, to Rose and Adam and they're just looking through sort of his cataloging room and, uh, he tells Rosa a massive shock that the aliens are actually real. 
And Rose has got a little bit, a little bit of a crush. Uh, and we learn that Adam's a genius who nearly caused World War Three as an eight-year-old. And he echoes the same thing the Doctor says with fantastic. Yeah. And even Rose says, "You sound like the Doctor." There's a lot and of people sounding like forth. people in this episode. Yeah. You sound yeah. like so and so. You sound like so and so. You yep. sound like a Dalek. You'd yep. be a good Dalek. You sound like a Doctor. You'd be a good Dalek, uh, yep. Doctor. And. Uh, then it's like as as the the episode progresses between the two of them, uh, Adam's like, "Oh, well, you know that massive pet? Well, I can see it whenever I want." And he hacks into the CCTV feed and shows uh, Rose the Dalek being tortured. And this is where we learn everything about the Daleks from from the Doctor. If you haven't seen the classics, and the inside is a nightmare. It was genetically made to kill and hate. And it was made by an evil genius, a mad scientist. Ah. It was our first sort of uh, allude to, uh, to Davros. To Davros, yeah. I was going to call them Draxos for some reason. No. And we learned at this point in time, the Daleks been on Earth for uh, 50 years and just been sold around private auctions and screamed for three days while it burnt, going yeah. insane. Uh, yeah, that's a theory. They're all underestimating it. I, I do want yeah. to mention, I mean, the doctor says exterminate as part of his big speech. And I was yeah. like, ooh, because he does. He We've done the bit where he tries to he tries to kill the Dalek, right? Yeah. Yeah, he throws yeah. all the electricity into it and he's pulled off. Um, he says exterminate. He's ready to kill. And it was like, whoa, this is, it's like Batman is coming after him with the motorcycle. You know, it's such a change from everything we'd seen in the previous episodes, even with like uh, yeah. the Slavine and all that. He's still trying to find a way to to save them, if unless it's like the end yeah. consequence. So, um, and we're told, you know, um, well, at the same time, because he's been told I'm the only one of my kind, the doctor is also being um torture himself now yeah by van staten uh and we get confirmation again that the doctor has two hearts yeah yeah and uh from this point as well uh van staten as he's hooking him up on the x-ray machine is like oh well i can use this for all to all these kind of creations and uh he admits that he just uses the alien junk he finds to uh, create things for profit <laughs> uh a Russian uh, alien ship was used to find the cure for the common cold, which they will use instead to make loads of money somewhere else. Uh, the internet made from the Roswell uh, ship that crashed. And the doctor just goes, the Dalek's better than you. Because he actually sticks to his principles and has yeah. a moral compass somewhat. And uh, he then just says, no one is safe if a Dalek's here. Uh, this is where uh, Rose, being human, has sympathy for her, enters the Dalek cage with Adam and ask if it's in pain, and this is where it uses its uh, sort of like a tactic to to pretend to be something it's not. And it says it's in pain. They torture me, but oh. they don't. They fear me. Do you fear me? I'm curious how it knows how to do this because, like, it even like lowers its like I don't know what to call it. It's uh, like eye beam. It's it's yeah. It's like eye yeah. for having it like lowers it like kind of like a dog lowers its head to gain sympathy. It's like I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> honestly it was kind of upsetting to oh, see it was? i kind of i pitied it for a second before realizing yeah this like, is a genocide oh, book, little but, dalek yeah it's it's like i'm dying i welcome death but i'm glad i got to meet a human who wasn't afraid of me before i died and getting all the sympathy rose touches the dalek and that uses uh her dna her genetic material to reconstruct itself again and it has power it's regenerating 
And the the person who's been torturing the Dalek for most of the time, who's in his hazmat suit, he sees the sucker and like, oh, what are you going to do, sucking me to death? And he does just that and just turns him into a lifeless husk. So have you heard, sounds. Have you heard the story about why it does all this stuff? No, I, I haven't. So Robert Sherman went to his, I don't know if his girlfriend or his wife, whatever it was, and when he was writing this, he said, what's all the things that bugs you about Doctor Who and, 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 and the Daleks? <laughs> About my Daleks, and she basically named all the mis- things about Daleks that went. Well, it's stupid because of this, and because of this, and because of this. It's got a stupid plunger, and what's the point of that? And there's some other things later on in the episode. And he went great, and he just like wrote around all the perceived weaknesses and things that made Daleks look campy and and naff. He went ahead and just went, all right, let let's 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 fix these. So yeah, that's the reason why he basically went. What's the criticisms from no- non fans? Okay, let's get rid of those. That's cool. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, as the alarm sounds, the doctor uh, gets released so he can try and find Rose and stop the Dalek. But the Daleks escaped its gate because uh, we learned that uh, it can make millions of calculations in a second because it's a genius supercomputer type thing. And uh, as the door opens, the, the soldiers fire their guns and it does absolutely nothing. One soldier uh, takes Rose and Adam to get away. And it just sucks itself into the internet to absorb energy and knowledge to yep. become the smartest thing on the planet. And Van Stanton is telling them to stop firing. Uh, whatever you do, don't don't put a scratch on it. Yeah, and we, we questioned why. Dispensable, but uh, yep. they're dispensable. But the that is- Dalek is unique. I I really like it's this point. I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see it. it's very very cartoony, but at the same point, I fully believe it for someone like this character. Yeah, because you see that for someone in that level of power, they just view the working class or anyone in that job as like expendable. Well, you, some weird thing that happens, I think, mm. when you pay someone's wage and therefore you think they are a possession, just yeah. like everything else, because you are. You know, it, it changes that dynamic. The minute that, you know, you trade your time to me and in response to that, I will pay you, but you will do what I tell you to. Uh, I think there's a dangerous power dynamic there, and we see the corruption of it here to its extreme in in in, in Van Stanton. I, I, something we mentioned earlier, the idea that he takes the, uh, he scavenges and he takes the, uh, the tech for his own, you know, personal gain and profit. Uh, Michael Keaton said thanks a lot when he was getting ready for Vulture, I think, on this one. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, he just takes this and does it really well, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to Van Stanton. So yeah, then the Dalek just shoots the cameras, and we find out that there's only emergency power left, because the Daleks absorb the rest of it, as well as power from the East Coast as well. West Coast, I think. Oh, the West Coast. Yeah. And uh, this is where it makes its first laser kill, and we see that it's had a, a protective barrier that stops the bullets from harming it by melting it at such a heat. Yep. And it does uh, 360 spins now to shoot and kill from wherever. And uh, it's this is when uh, Van Sant's like, oh, no, stop shooting. You're dispensable. But it's too late anyway because those soldiers are dead. And the yeah, doctor no says point to anyway. guns to everyone. And uh, we get the next one of uh, one of the Dalek uh, issues everyone had as uh, Rose, Adam, and two soldiers go up the stairs and uh, they're like, oh, no, it's fine. It can't get upstairs. It can't climb them. Yeah, I don't know about you, says, Ethan, but I'd still be running because, you know what, like a laser, yeah. it's like it's like if I sat there and I couldn't go upstairs because I was in a wheelchair or something yeah. like that. But my arm can still angle, so I can still shoot up. You know what I mean? 
Like you still want to put some the distance. Guy the guy in the wheelchair can't stop me. Gun. Gun. Bang. You know, like the laser doesn't just only shoot straight. He can't angle it up above eye level. So I'm like, this is yeah. just, I know why they're doing it, but the sense of like false, haha, we've got you. You can't go upstairs. Let's all gloat up here. Like it's just, it's still a little rudimentary. Now this is important though, because it's, it's educating the audience about the rules of what the rules were thought to be about being a Dalek and what the new Daleks are like. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I do, I do like that. And then it says elevate, they fly now. And, uh, the soldier keeps shooting and the flying Dalek dies in vain as, uh, she tells Adam <laughs> and Rose to run away. The whole logic was you can't fight that thing. Someone has to, I don't think someone does. No. If one person if with a gun could have stopped it, it would have been dead already. I, I have no idea. So then, um, the the Dalek like gets out. Uh, if the Dalek gets out, the Doctor says it will kill everything and everyone. And the the yeah, what's the nearest city? Salt Lake, Salt Lake city. city. Yeah. They're all dead. <laughs> it was and like says, yeah. it was like Tom Cruise in our Mission Impossible. Dead, dead. They're all dead. Jim's <laughs> dead. And that's when the Doctor's like, yeah, this thing will kill everything because it is the ultimate racial cleansing creature ever, <laughs> and you've let it loose. You need to aim for the eyepiece, but the soldiers still don't listen to the doctor because they no. think they know better because, you know, they're American soldiers and they, they're like, oh, it's a tin cat. <laughs> to be fair, they do they're... plaster the flag all over the uniforms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, there's a moment as uh, Rose and Anima running away that she looks back and sees the Dalek and she thinks that it's looking right at her as if uh, she says as if it knows her. And uh, the Dalek wants the Doctor to see that guns aren't going to do anything because it just flies up, shoots the water sprinklers, and uh, as water goes everywhere, gets on every single person, it just shoots at a puddle and electrocutes every soldier in one yeah. single blast. That was a, that was a pretty Everybody cool kill. Dies. Oh, I, I completely forgot about it. And I had a moment, I was like, that's really sick. Yeah. That's great. Clever. Because it does say it's, it's, like, it's like a super genius as well. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, at this point, Van Stan's like, okay, we need to leave. We need to abandon the, build the building, but there isn't even enough power to escape. And the Dalek uses its own power, I guess, to turn the TV on to speak to the doctor. And it says uh, it fed off Rose's DNA and the ability of time travel through the TARDIS has been able to regenerate uh, the Dalek itself. Which was an issue I had because we were told that someone else had gone in without gloves and touched it. So I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, why is it only waking up now? And then they explain that on okay fair enough <laughs> you, yeah, you have thought about like, this all right uh and when the Dalek did its research uh through the internet it found nothing so it has no orders and it will just follow its yeah, found nothing about uh, that instinct nothing about about, is, about the daleks and it wants yeah. yeah it's like i'll do the only thing i can do then conquer and kill yeah. and what should i do and the doctor just gives uh, it the order to kill itself because the daleks have failed and he one of my favorite points was like why don't you just die and it's silent again, and it's sort of there's it's just lingering in the air for a second until the Dalek just says, "You'd be a good Dalek." You would make a good. Now, yeah. hang on, Daleks don't speak in contractions. It wouldn't oh, yeah. say "you'd." You would make a good Dalek. <laughs> My question is, how is the Dalek hearing him? Because he's seen him on a TV screen. There's no microphone set up to the best of my ability. I have no idea. Just, just I, I want to say CCTV stuff, but like. Does it pick up the sound? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so it hangs up the call, and Van Stan works works for once in his life uh, to reprogram the power to close the vaults so they can actually escape. Because uh, Van Stan's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a computer genius. I know how to do this. And he actually 
decides to do something for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. And this means Rose and Adam have to run before the vault start uh, to shut. And they're going, and Rose doesn't really seem to understand how dire the situation is because she's, <laughs> she's just having a, a nice little jog, like her arms waving around she's like a Sunday morning run. She's doing a park run. Yeah, she's yeah. doing a park run. And because of that, she doesn't make it and it shuts as Adam Indiana Jones under the door <laughs> and it just reaches uh, Rose and she calls the doctor and is like, she says her final goodbyes, but make sure to tell him it wasn't his fault. And uh, she wouldn't change it for the world. And we just see the doctor's point of view. We just see the doctor on the phone. And he hears the Daleks say exterminate, fires, and the call goes. And the doctor has no morals anymore because he just lets loose on Van Stanton, being like, you you thought you could go to the stars. And he starts making excuses like, no, nah, you're as far from the stars as you'll yeah. ever get. You would, she was 19 years old and you just took her down. Uh, but we go back in rose is alive yeah this came from the uh chewbacca school of fake out deaths <laughs> from episode nine don't should we should maybe we'll leave her for a minute no ah. um yeah and they kind of have a little bit of a of a of a heart to heart do rose tyler yeah. and the dalek because um, the Dalek says that the soldiers of the dead, because of both it and Rose, but it feels her fear, so it can't shoot her because of it. And it then realizes it's contaminated, and it demands the doors to be open. Calls the doctor up, tells him that Rose is still alive, and refers to Rose as the woman the doctor loves. What use are emotions if you will not save the woman you love? Oh! So we're, I think that's also the first hint at uh, 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 that kind of thing as well. And if it's the Dalek calling you out, like that's... <laughs> I want to see, I wanna see this Dalek host like the newlywed game or like take me out. Oh, yeah. No lighty, no likey. <laughs> <laughs> Go on a date. The, the doctor just gives in, opens the door, and this is where Adam reveals that uh, not every cataloged item is is in the room uh, in the museum because he's got some uh, weapons just in case he needs to fight his way out if they, uh, you know, uh, amnesia him. And because all of his predecessors his had yeah. had their memories wiped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the doctor finds a a big gun. A big gun. Yeah, and it's time for uh, to go to Van Stanton's room in the elevator, and it demands why he tortured the Dalek. And I think this is because uh, he has no power. He, he just cowers like a girl and tries to give every excuse he possibly could. And he goes to be killed by the Dalek, but Rose stops it. And they just discuss, why can't I kill it? And the Dalek just wants freedom. So they go to an empty room. Yeah, they go, what else do you want? And I thought maybe he wanted to learn how to garden or uh, crochet or maybe yeah. maybe learn how to make a souffle. Oh, there we go. one day. That's, one my, day. That, that's my drip feed for, for, for later on in the series. There we go. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, it wants freedom so that Rose takes the Dalek to this empty room where it fires a blast through the roof uh, to see the sunlight. And it just asks uh, Rose how it feels to have the sun on her skin for once in however long. So it opens up its armor to feel the same sun on its body. Man, Daleks are gross, dude. It's hideous. Daleks are gross. It's like if you got a squid or an Uh, octopus and just put snot all over uh, it. One eye. Bained it all. Tentacles, oh, tentacles, like squiddy kind of. Th- oh, it's just. 
It's just it's gross. Hideous. Yeah. I, I, I love. I love. And this is different to like how we see other Daleks as well, because this one is like so clammy and slimy and like as if it's been bleeding almost in Maybe. a way. Yeah. And as it sort of embraces the sun for the first time, the doctor starts screaming at Rose to move out the way, and Rose refuses. Refuses no, because he's, you're not the one pointing the gun. He's different, and the doctor's like he's killed hundreds of people, and I'm like I'm kind of with the doctor on this one. Yeah, like, Cause, just because he won't kill Rose. You know what Rose is? Rose is the person. You know, we've all got those people who are just like toxic, right? Yeah. And then you've got like that one friend who's always like, well, they've never done anything to me. That's yeah. Rose Tyler. <laughs> Rose is like, forget forget the, like, she was literally running beside the woman who was like, I'll save you guys. Someone's got to stop yeah. it. Totally forgotten about that guy, uh, that girl. Yeah. But just like, like, he hasn't done it to me, so he's okay. Uh, yeah, her excuse here is just it's changing, and uh, uh. Asks, what, what you what are you changing into? And the doctor's trying to explain why he had to do it, and he sort of can't, as if like what she said is is enough to muster, uh, like not destroying a genocide bot. And the doctor says that it's no longer the last of the Daleks because it's mutating because of Rose's DNA into something new. Now the question is: Is he aware of what he's doing here? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, this he, is like he is manipulating. It's already going that way, but he is manipulating it to make sure it gets to the end result. Yeah, and he apologizes to it because the last thing a Dalek wants to be is mutated with anything else that's non-Dalek. It's, it's got to be pure, right? Yeah, yeah, got to be pure. So it just starts demanding at Rose to order it to let it die, and she just refuses. And uh, it isn't a life for it. It says it's a sickness, and I'll never be like you. Order my destruction. And she gives in eventually and just says, do eventually it. the second time she's asked, True. fine, do it, <laughs> fine, do it. Uh, she tells him, she tells it that she's frightened. The Dalek says that it's frightened as well. Rose goes to the doctor. Uh, the balls appear. It floats up and uh, just explodes itself to death in a nice, tidy, nothing's left uh, mess afterwards. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, we just cut to Van Stanton's assistant uh, taking over, getting his mind wiped to give him a taste of his own medicine like he's seen. Uh, just, See, I, uh, I didn't care for this either because I didn't like her. It's one of those things. It's like lesser of two evils almost. Uh, I don't know. I don't mind the idea of this guy being out there. He could have been fun to bring back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like humble him. Find a way to humble him. But he could have been really... Oh, you know, I'm trying to. Do you ever watch episodes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. So, do you know the guy who um, he works at the TV network? He's the first showrunner that they work with, and he's having an affair with his secretary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him. Like, this is who Van Staten reminds. If this guy had been Van Staten, yeah. like, more slimy and less cartoon, like, that yeah. guy would have been great. So, it could have been that level guy. Every time he comes back, you're like, okay great hey, hey van staten what what are we up to today yeah, you know like a fun recurring yeah like, or just like some kind of annoying antagonist i thought this guy had some le- as opposed to we'll brainwash you and put you homeless in the streets of i don't know san diego seattle somewhere with an s doesn't matter <laughs> i'm like this is stupid you know what that's s stupid stupid as an s for it and this uh, this was nice yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is the point where we just go to the doctor and he's sort of reminiscing over it because he's won the time war finally. He's the last yeah. survivor of this. And uh, as as he's reminiscing, uh, Adam appears. He's like, 
base is being shut down, so you you know you got to leave. Uh, I want everyone to know that there were two pages worth of notes between the last time that I mentioned Adam and this time. Because <laughs> he's just nothing. He's just there. Uh, yeah, and he needs to leave. Uh, and Rose just asked the doctor to bring Adam along with them so he can see the stars and totally not do anything else that will ruin space time or his head. And this is an interesting thing because we kind of she, she he mentions that uh, Adam's pretty. Yeah. And she's like, I hadn't noticed. And it's a nice love triangle idea that I think won't be fully realized until we meet Rory and Amy several seasons. Yeah. Not with two yeah. men and a girl. We do get a few two girls and a guy or, you know, a guy, his clone version of himself and a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the standard two guys, one girl, let's have a yeah. proper sort of love triangle. Not really, but it's a nice touch. And it's nice to see the doctor a touch jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's showing that he's like really fond of Rose because well, also the woman he you loves. Have that. Yeah. yeah, you have that, and also the law. Like he is now alone. Like everything's gone. Let's argue something here because like she doesn't like this is like plastic Mickey all over again from yeah. last episode. But he says the woman that she loves. I'm sorry, the, the, sorry, the woman that he loves. The Dalek says right in front of Rose Tyler, and Rose has not responded to this at all no nor we sort of led to believe it's like lingering in her head there's no looks there's no wondering we just sort of leaving that alone i guess yeah it isn't it isn't until i'd say the next series when uh, oh it's not until tenant they really start scratching this yeah it's it's they show it in like a children in need special yeah and the christmas special when tenant appears they're like oh yeah he really she really did love him yeah yeah so it's maybe maybe, uh eccleson's final episode as well they sort of hinted a little bit a a little bit bad wolf yeah yeah um and that's really more or less you know we get the whole joke again about oh it's uh it's bigger on the inside yeah and that's where it ends to go to uh the next episode where adam immediately leaves because um is it Simon Pegg's in that episode? Simon Pegg's in the next yeah, episode, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, this is the only episode in the series where we don't get any interior shots of a TARDIS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't. Everything's outside that. of it. People just looking. Yeah. At, I don't know if it was just accessibility to the set or what the deal was, but they weren't shooting it. Maybe nice. they got all their shots for the season in one go, and he wasn't supposed to, you know, he's not around enough, so let's not have him shoot that. Um, but that was uh, that was really that yeah that's dalek yeah um interesting because i really like this episode i think this episode's incredibly strong um it's got character development uh it's more than just your monster of the week it's Mm. building into a legacy again if you're a new viewer you get caught up to speed about the daleks pretty quickly and you think they're gone for now anyway for, for now for now yeah i think one, several of the reasons we chose this is it's it's the introduction of an iconic villain and it really sort of dissects uh the character of rose as like yeah. a, a caring person the daleks like sort of plan and just how the doctor's been affected by the time between 
the last time we saw him when he was like Sylvester McCoy and Paul began to yeah. now. I can also establish just Rose as someone special in the universe, which is something that will yeah. play throughout that she's not just some random 19 year old. She is more than just, you know, that speech we said last episode, a girl with, 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 with no A levels, no qualifications. There's something special about this girl. She is unique in a way that they won't go back to again on that level until Donna Noble, really. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she is the exception to the rules of time and space. And that is interesting as well. Also, you understand the Daleks and their motivations. You understand the doctor, his perspective on the Daleks and his motivations. And these are all setups that when they do finally come back, spoiler alert, um, you know, we are caught up to speed on what this actually means. Yeah. And so much of it, when the one couldn't handle just being a little bit kind, it kills itself. We know that was one. What do you do yeah. if you have several? Many. What do you do if you have a, a fleet? You know what I mean? So yeah. um, really, really interesting. Uh, it was compact. It was one episode. It wasn't two episodes. I like that. Yeah, it tells the story very, very well. Very well paced. Especially for, for like the time frame. Yep, very well paced. 45 minutes. Uh, felt like it was consistently doing something, but wasn't jamming too much information in. Um, I think Christopher Eccleston is much better by this point. As I the think doctor. this is one of my favorite um, performances he gives yeah. as uh, the Ninth Doctor. Those two speeches, you, the yeah, one that the he rage, gives when he's torturing pain. and the one yeah. he gives when he has the gun. Fant uh, even, even, even the one he gives over the CCTV, actually. It's a trilogy yeah. of, it's just some really good stuff. I'd say even the one he gives when he's um, on the x-ray table, because he's like, he you, he sounds like he is helpless. He's almost on the verge of tears begging. Do you know what they had to... Well, they put this up on Netflix or something like that, or DVD or whatever. They had to change the rating of that individual episode because oh, really? of the because of the because of the torture scene of the Dalek that was considered to be. <laughs> I'm like, it's a it's a it's a Dalek. It's 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 okay. It's I like love that. it's like it's like you know torturing your kettle. <laughs> <laughs> space wheelie bin i love that yeah oh, that's uh, fantastic and it's interesting to think that in five episodes we went from burping wheelie bin to this like this is good storytelling yeah this and is it, much it's, more it's sophisticated yeah. and not not nearly as like think about how kiddie episode one was by episode six not kiddie at all actually really quite really quite grounded you know eccleston can dust off some shakespearean chops and do some real acting here you can see why, like, this was the episode that made me too scared to watch Doctor Who for a couple years. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, it was this, I was like, no, I can't do that, that that's too much. I wonder if it was the Dalek, because that's a gross looking, that's a gross looking. Yeah, look. that thing was hideous. The character design of a Dalek is so iconic. I used to have a little Dalek keychain thing, and it was just, uh, this is after the reboot, where they get all shiny yeah. and, you know, easy to, 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 easy to merchandise, BBC. But, um... You know, there's something iconic about that look. And, you know, more than anything, I would love to have like a shed. I've got a video on YouTube lined up for one day when I have a house. I will build a, a TARDIS like shed for like putting my like, I don't know, spades or something in I don't nice. know, the lawnmower or whatever. But, you know, people who build their own Daleks, I'm like, I get it. I really do. Yeah. I, um, oh, about, ten, yeah, 10 years ago, uh, like, in two days, so on the 8th of August, because uh, that's my birthday, uh, I went to the Doctor Who exhibition uh, in London, and this was just went halfway through Series 6. Okay. So the whole, um, like, uh, not the Pandorica, the the silence and everything. Oh, wow, okay. And, yeah. 
Yeah, and it's this massive experience and uh, just sort of showcase of all the Doctor Who things. And one of the things they have as you go through, it's a really cool thing, and I'll get into it in series when we do series five because that's very iconic there. But yep. you experience loads of uh, set pieces from that series. And one of the things you appear on a Dalek ship, and you have like real like scaled Daleks surrounding you. Oh wow! And it's some of the Daleks like uh, like the the golden ones. And I will tell you, seeing them up close, they're massive, and they are very intimidating oh, just really? from like, okay. their design. It's really, really cool. So I think this is one of the things. They're cemented as a big sci-fi villain for this reason because they're so they have a presence. The same yeah. as a stormtrooper. I'm trying to think. I mean, is um, stormtroopers are effective? But I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, I'm trying to think if it's anything. I mean, for me, the Daleks are number one with, with 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 the bullet. There's the Daleks and there's everybody else. There's like you're good. You're you're. If this was one of those tier videos, if we were doing that, yeah. like the only thing on that top tier for me, yeah, the only thing on that top tier for me would be the Daleks. I think they're all. They always will be the chief enemy. They are the Joker to Batman. Every yeah. you can have a, like A grade level ones. You know, your Weeping Angels, your Silence, your your Cybermen. You yeah. know what I mean? But then, but the only one on that top tier, the elite tier, would be would be the the, the Daleks for me. Yeah, and then they're, even they're even more perfect. so if Davros shows up. Yeah, they are a perfect um, foil, like enemy for yeah. what a Time Lord is. And I really, because it is an endless struggle between supposed like pure peacekeepers and like humanitarian type people, and just we'll talk scum. about that more. Obviously, yeah. I, are time lords? Because my part of my thought was I always thought the Doctor was kind of at odds with his people because he was overly idealistic in their eyes. So it, re it really depends. There's some points where they're the really nice. Yeah, yeah it, it it depends what the right. What does the story need us to do this week? Yeah, it depends. <laughs> do we want them to be likable or not? Because you have some great time lords and some awful time lords. And I think because there was the whole thing at a point. The reason the master was like a villain was because he was so different from the rest yeah. of the time lords. Oh, okay. But like yeah, it's it's one of those things. The time lords kind of suck in the classic series as well. But like in this, obviously. They really suck. Wait until we get Timothy Dalton. Can't wait. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'll say this much. I mean, it's interesting that episode six, we're, we're, we're in the States, right? Yeah. And I think this does scream. I said earlier, I think maybe how early are they are they looking at international um, distribution? And I think it must be from the off because the choice to put this in Utah and to base this in the United States to make Doctor Who a British show that's accessible everywhere, though. And, you know, they always yeah. try to make sure they get to America at least once, if not twice a series, it seems like. Yeah, 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 and I think there's something to New that. York, I mean, the second one, yeah. the actors who have been in Doctor Who, uh, whether in, in in the role of a doctor or the uh, companions, have said like a huge part of Doctor Who is is you know um, the marketing that happens globally. So you shoot yeah. it, but you spend so much just going around the world, kind of drumming up anticipation for it. Now it helps in the sense that those checks come in, but like it is a global property now. It's like James Bond. It is one of those things where the world gets its idea of what it means to be British through this series. Oh, without a doubt. It was just I one, think, yeah. I think a lot of people was they idealize Britain for so long on online, like the tea drinking, the Matt Smiths, the Harry Potters yeah. and it's it is that proper i think you said that when we when it was uh when we talked about love actually at some point it's very very uh americanized almost well british jones i think yeah the yeah, idea yeah. being that you get there's two types of britain that tends to show up in these sort of pictures and one yeah. is cosmopolitan london 
Yeah. And the other is like um, pastoral England, like, you know, rolling yeah, hills, manor right. houses. You don't get to see, I, I, ironically, what we saw in episode one, where you get to see the council flats. Now, granted, yeah. the most sanitized council flats ever. Like this isn't, oh, a, yeah, th- this, yeah. this isn't, you know, attack the block or Kingsman. You know what I mean? This isn't like yeah. it's dangerous. It's just, you don't have as, you don't have as much stuff in your house. That's all. Yeah. And I'll say this now. London currently, like that area, much better than it was in 2005, and it's still kind of uh, rough. So it's very, very idealized. Yeah, it's very idealized. Yeah. Because that's what sells, though. You can sell the oh, yeah. idea of what Len- and James Bond and the, the working title films, Love Actually, Four Wins and a Funeral, um, Love Actually, I said Love Actually already, uh, Bridget Jones, all those things, and then Doctor Who. And these are the things. That's why I call it the Doctor Who Bridge. It shows up in all these pictures, but just Doctor yeah. Who loves to run across it more than any other <laughs> with Big Ben in the background. Let's like, sure we get, we get the landmarks yeah. in because that's what London is. Don't No, no, we're not going to that part. We're going to the posh part everybody knows everyone knows it's the tourist trap destination yeah. i always refer it to like it's the the west end the 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 west end the piccadilly circus view, yeah. yeah buckingham palace yeah. all that sort of stuff yeah like one line on the tube and that's it. like right right by the thames that like yeah. mile and a half stretch mm. yeah so there's that i mean uh, do you have the viewership figures for this one, Ethan? Uh, I don't. I don't think I could find it for that I one. managed to find this one. So uh, excellent. 8.64. So it's gone down since the premiere, but we would expect that, I think. Everybody would be going ahead yeah. and check it out and going, what is this about? The fact that they've retained about 80% of their audience is actually really quite strong, I think. Yeah, especially with the episode you, you've had, what was it? Uh, the End of the World one, the Slovene two-parter. The Charles Dickens episode. The first one, they really yeah. go back and deal because that's something that, that who likes to do is go back and find a historical figure. And although we yeah. couldn't find room in, let's call it season one, although it's yeah. be a long season, <laughs> but yeah. although we couldn't, it didn't make the first cut. Should we could, should we go yeah. for a second run around? Uh, the Dick, some of these other ones could show up again. I mean, yeah. I, I know, I know there's some where we go. Uh, we were talking about one earlier about one where might we do have this one on the list, right? And you went yes. And I went yeah. okay, good. Yeah. So you know that side of it. I will tell you what, the end of the world's a really good one too. And I was thinking about the the the, the, the payoff for. It's not a great episode, but it's kind of an important episode in hindsight once you find stuff yeah. out. Yeah, it's it's an episode we'll have fun discussing the same way we do with some of the other ones because of like the impracticalities. But you. You get a feel for both characters or yep. like Rose and how she views traveling and like the doctor's way of adventuring as well. Yeah. Um, mm. So 8.64, the IMDb for this one was 8.7. Wow. So really yeah. high, really, really nice. high. And I would rate this one highly. I would give it a yeah. strong eight and a half, eight and a half to a nine. Like it's, yeah. it's good. It's really I think good. I go nine. I go nine. On point to these villains. You see them, you're like, it's terrifying. It's succinct. I think I'm going to reference it almost to to the first Alien film, okay? Uh, because it's one one single enemy, singular sensation. In a, yeah. One single enemy <laughs> trapped in a room uh, in a building with people who can't stop it, no matter how hard they try. Yeah. And it's only until the end that you can maybe find a way to kill it, and it's almost like a, for lack of trying by the end. Interesting. Yeah. Um. And it's a, it's a standalone. And I do love yeah. a, some of my favorite Doctor Who episodes are just one episode in and out standalone episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really strong. Ironically, I mean, I gave it a, I gave it a nine. Would, would, would you have a yeah. number for it? 
Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and a half just because okay. that, that sort of final ending bit is a little bit uh, skewed. Yeah. A little bit. yeah. Um, this was the only Doctor Who episode written by, Doc, by Robert Sherman. Really? He didn't do another TV episode ever. Wow. I guess he just went on to do Big Finish. Yeah. I'd assume, yeah. I, yeah. I guess he has wrote everything. Maybe his girlfriend didn't have any more uh, things for him to steal. <laughs> but, uh, well, what's, what's an issue with uh, Cyberman? I've got no idea. Shit. No idea. <laughs> Do you want to watch these things? No. Okay. I guess we're done. <laughs> I can make the Cybermen fly. So basically you want to do everything you did with, uh, with the Daleks. What if they had plungers? <laughs> um, so oh, yeah, nice. so that was it for uh, this episode. What are we tackling next time, Ethan? Uh, next time we're going, we're going back in time to World War II Britain to ask some questions. Oh. Whether, are you my mummy or not? And also meet Captain Jack for oh. a first time where we tackle the empty Jeez. child. From one yeah. problematic co-star to another. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I really like Captain Jack. It's a shame uh, yeah. about what we found out. But, um, yeah. Uh, geez, because I remember, I don't know if this was on the original docket. I remember getting a hold of you and saying, do we have Are You My Mummy on the I list? I think that was one of the ones that I, I had off and I was like, yeah, we need to do that. That's my like, first oh, list, I one. didn't have it on when I sent you my yeah. list. I went, I, and then I was looking over just some general things and I went, how do I not have Are You My Mummy? That is a great. Is that a, is that a two parter? Uh that's a two parter. So we'll have to decide. Are we handling? How to go about yeah, we'll have to see if we're doing both yeah, in one yeah. or if we're going to split them up. Well, we we shall see. Yeah. So uh, that 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 sounds like a good time to uh, get get on board the TARDIS and get out of here. Yeah, we're going to fly away. We'll see you next time in another two weeks as we tackle the empty child and possibly the Doctor dances. I've been Ethan, and I've been Ian. And once again, we're going to go back in. And if you don't like it, exterminate. Allons-y! And before any Trekkies come at me, look, I know you like to be called Trekkers. That battle's over. It's Trekkies. Deal with it. You can see in this the fingerprints of the Weeping Angels. You can see those horror-like elements that would actually yeah. play so the silence. You can the silence, see, the Vashnarada in the library, like all of yeah, those. You can see all of this present here. <laughs> I got to skip a few of the ones that made me go, oh, this is going to take a while. Thank God I got <laughs> to skip the ones with the human suits. Jeez. I, uh, I, I I went back and watched them because we had some free time, and I, this Lillian episode is not it. No! I'm sure it has. And then they bring them back!